It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the Kingsmen and Billy Mills Orchestra. And by way of welcoming 45 new stations to our network, the orchestra opens the show with Great Day. While I was trying to get to sleep, a thought came to me, which I believe is worth passing along. We're right now in the middle of a salvage drive, as you of course know. A short time ago, we had a Save Your Fats campaign and another on Share Your Car. Well, the thought I had was just this. That because we have these drives, some of the people may get the idea that in between drives, we can all relax. The truth is that all of us should keep in our minds all the time all the things we're asked to do. Don't hunt salvage today and forget it tomorrow. Put these things into your program every day. Salvage, save fats, save your tires, and take better care of the things you have. Incidentally, you'll find Johnson's Wax, with its 100 labor-saving uses, a great help in protecting your floors, furniture, woodwork, leather goods, and countless other things in your home. It's a gorgeous day in Westville Vista. There's a zing in the air. The autumn leaves are a riot of color. Just the kind of a day for a long walk in the crisp air and brilliant sunshine. The kind of a day when it's great to be alive and out in the air. Yes, sir. So here in the living room with a pile of newspapers, a very bad cigar, and a disgusted wife, trying to dope out this year's All-American, we find Vera McGee and Molly. In the backfield, I got Sinkwitz of Georgia, Kuzma of Michigan, Hillenbrand of Indiana. McGee. So for, huh? For the last time, let's go for a walk. Walk? Yes, walk. 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 
You know, where you put one foot in front of you, and you lean forward, and then you put the other foot out. You can do it if you try. <laughs> no, I don't want to go. Hey, how do you like Howard Callahan at USC? Oh, I love him. Yeah? Yeah, I've got a lock of his hair in the back of my watch. Who's Callahan? <laughs> Trouble with you, Molly, is you ain't got any sporting blood. Well, neither of us will have any kind if we don't get out of this house now and then and get some exercise. You used to like football. Well, I still like football. What do you expect me to do Saturday afternoon? Sit here and wave a pennant whilst I darn socks? Well, we hear all the games on the radio, don't we? Oh, sure, and then we read all about them in the papers. Sure. Personally, my pet, I don't get much of a thrill out of an end run around the false teeth ads. <laughs> well, anyway, I don't want to go out. I'd catch cold with my house slippers on, my sleeves rolled up, and besides... Oh, well, I'm glad some hardy pioneer has the courage to get out in the air. Come in. Hello, Abigail. Oh, how do you do, my dear? And Mr. McGee. Hi, Eppity. How come you're out braving the elephants? No. <laughs> the word is elements, McGee. Mm -hmm. Ivory is as ivory does, I always say. <laughs> Where you been, Eppity, to get those roses in your cheeks and those thorns in your character? <laughs> oh, McGee. <laughs> was a time, Mr. McGee, when your crudities perturbed me no little. <laughs> but now I've learned to take you as you are. <laughs> you have? Well, how am I? <laughs> Don't answer that, Abigail. I'll have no profanity in this house. <laughs> you know, I've been trying to get McGee to go for a walk with me, but he won't go. He's holding a pigskin post-mortem. <laughs> oh, my dear, it's simply delightful outside. Very exhilarating. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness knows I'm so excited anyway. I'm simply walking on air. Well, for you, Uppy, that's quite McGee. a... McGee. <laughs> Why, what happened, Abigail? My dear, congratulate me. I have just been elected president. Well, good for you, Uppy. Go sit in the fireplace and give us a chat. <laughs> President of what, Abigail? President of the children of the Mayflower. Well, heavenly days, the children of the Mayflower. I never knew the Mayflower had any children. <laughs> Was one of your ancestors a whale boat, <laughs> The children of the Mayflower, Mr. McGee, is composed of ladies who are direct descendants of those brave souls who landed on Plymouth Rock. Mm. No wonder they named a chicken after Plymouth Rock. <laughs> what with every old hen in the country trying McGee. to... McGee... <laughs> Be a good boy and congratulate Abigail. Okay. Congratulations, Uppy. Thank you. You really deserve it, Abigail. I've often told McGee that anyone could look at you and know that you came from an old, old family. Uh, thank you. <laughs> it is very difficult to obtain a membership in the children, you know. That's so? Oh, yes. So few of us can trace our genealogy so far back. Ah, oh, now that's a lot of barbecue sauce, Uppy. By this time, there ought to be five million descendants of people who come over on the Mayflower. Oh, really? Perhaps you are one of them, Mr. McGee. Well, so maybe I am. Say, maybe I am, too. Well, I, I never gave it a thought, Abigail. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, it is easy to see, my dear, how little you appreciate the difficulties of tracing one's family tree. That is why being elected president of the children was such a great honor. Oh, really, I, I was quite carried away. How, in a ten-ton truck? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. McGee? I have always made allowances for you because you were a naturally uncouth person. But I will now increase your allowance. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> McGee, why do you 
do you always have to pick on poor Abigail? Oh, she burns me up with that blue blood mahula. Oh, forget it. Yeah. She stood on the social register for so long, she can't help being a little overheated. <laughs> well, to hear her talk, you think my family was brought over here by Frank Buck. <laughs> I'll bet my ancestors go back as far as hers does. Yeah, but how can you prove it? Well, how should I have to... Yes, I can, too, prove it. And I'm going to prove it. How? I'm going right down to the public library right now and look up the McGee. Well, good for you. I'll go with you. It'll be a nice walk. I ain't going to walk. I'm going to take the streetcar. I'm not going to waste time proving to that prune-faced old guinea hen that a McGee is as good as Hoppington. Where's my hat? Right in there. Thanks. <laughs> I ever straighten out that closet? you got started down to the public library yet? No, I had to put that stuff back in the closet. Hey, you know what I found? Judge Crater? No. <laughs> I found a library book I should have took back a long time ago. Well, you'll just have to pay the fine. Yeah. Two cents a day, you know. When did you borrow it? October 1927. <laughs> I owe $109.50 on it. <laughs> well, they've made no attempt to collect, dearie, so mm. I imagine it's outlawed by oh, now. Uh, what was the book? Oh, some silly thing about a guy who wouldn't eat his pie. What was the name of it? Revolt in the Dessert. <laughs> no. no, that was in the desert. It was? And I don't blame the guy for not eating his pie. <laughs> Probably all full of sand. Hey, I'll be at the library all afternoon anyway. Come in. Johnny, do me a favor? Why, certainly, Mr. Oldtimer. What is it? Glad to do it. If it don't take any time on account of I got to get to the library, I'm looking up my geology. Geology, eh? Yeah. You on the rocks again, Johnny? <laughs> now, he means his genealogy, Mr. Oldtimer. He wants to prove that his family was early American. Bet it was, daughter. We got an early American end table, and it's got funny-looking legs just like his. 
Never mind my legs. His legs are good enough for him, Mr. Oldtimer. You betcha. All he ever uses them for is to strike matches on anyway. <laughs> what was the favor you wanted? Well, daughter, you got a nice lawn out there in front. I wondered if I could have a little grass. <laughs> yeah, help yourself, old-timer. Take all you want. You got your own lawnmower? I ain't gonna mow it, Johnny. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Eat some. <laughs> Eat some grass? What's the idea? Just a hunch I got, Johnny. I got me a little cold coming on. I got to thinking. Rabbits eat grass. I never seen a rabbit with a cold. So I thought I'd eat some grass. Well, horses eat grass, too, and I've heard a horse sneeze lots of times. Oh, uh, but that's different, daughter. Horse eats grass standing up. I'm going to eat it on my hands and knees. Like a rabbit. Well, go ahead, old-timer. If you're still hungry when you finish the grass, you might go out and back and have a go at the hollyhocks. <laughs> But that ain't the way I hear it. The way I hear it, one fuller says, tell the says, this driving at 35 miles an hour is pretty dangerous, ain't it? How so, says Tullifeller. Well, says the first fuller, when we drove at 55, we didn't dare take our eyes off the road. Now we don't dare take them off the speedometer. <laughs> Not that it matters to me, kids. Me and Grandma got us a tandem bicycle. A tandem bicycle? Well, that ought to be fun, Mr. Oldtimer. Yes, daughter. We go every place on it. Went to the movies the other night and seen your new moving picture. Here we go again. Oh, how'd you like it, Oldtimer? Swell, Johnny. Fine. That's the second ROK picture you made, ain't it? Yes, it is, but it isn't ROK. It's RKO. Means Radio Keith Orpheum. <laughs> is that so? In your case, I'd have swore it was ROK. Meaning what? Right off the cob. <laughs> he should talk about us being corny. It's guys like him wearing collars like that that helped cause the rubber shortage. <laughs> well, now, if you're going to the library, dear, you better get started. Okay, and I'll bet I come back here with a family tree that'll make Uppington's relatives look like enemy aliens. Oh, I rather doubt that, dearie. Uh, I've always heard she came from an old Southern family. Old Southern family, my clavicle. <laughs> Five jelly beans will get you ten that she thinks Robert E. Lee was Gypsy Rose Lee's father. <laughs> Nevertheless, notwithstanding, she showed me pictures once of her family's tobacco plantation. Oh, a likely story. <laughs> the only tobacco her old man ever raised he found on the sidewalk. <laughs> oh, my gosh, I almost forgot. I got to make a long-distance call. Whom to? County clerk, Peoria. Going to uh, have him send me my birth certificate. Give me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, Operator. Give me Peoria, Illinois, county clerk, and hurry. Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, my. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Is eh? What's that, Mert? Your sister that's engaged to that sailor? Sporting an anchor on her chest, huh? Heaven. <laughs> Tattooed, McGee? No, carved on her hope chest. <laughs> What's that, Mert? Well, keep trying, and if I ain't here, my wife will handle the call. Okay, Mert. You leaving now, dearie? Yeah, here I go, laughing and scratching. And if anybody comes... Hello, folks. 
Am I intruding? Not at all, Mr. Wilcox. Oh, hi, Harlow. I was just on my way to the public library. Going to look up my family tree. You know, he's doing it despite Mrs. Uppington, Mr. Wilcox. She was in here a while ago giving us that old Mayflower routine. Yeah, but I got her stopped. I've often heard my mother say we had an ancestor who was a sailor with Columbus. No, no, Mrs. Huh? She didn't say that. She said your grandfather was a salesman in Columbus. <laughs> Well, I think genealogy is pretty interesting. My great-great-grandmother fought with George Washington. You mean she was in the Revolutionary Army? Oh, no. She was his housekeeper at Mount Vernon. And she fought with him about tracking mud in on her kitchen floor. <laughs> that was before they had linoleum, of course, and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat to protect and preserve it. Ah, ain't he marvelous, folks? <laughs> it's no wonder his conversation is so bright and sparkling the way he keeps working glow coat into it. <laughs> Say, was your great-great-great-great-great-grandmother with Washington after the Revolutionary War, Miss Wilcox? Oh, sure. That's when she was the most valuable to him. Because during and right after a war, you have to be particularly careful to conserve what you have and protect it in every way possible so it will ease the strain on the country's productive capacity. Buy what you need, but no more than you need. People must cooperate to cut down their excess spending, or the prices of scarce goods go up and up and up. So you've got to keep your feet on the ground. I think I can take it from there, Junior. When you got your feet on the ground, you're liable to track in some dirt. But if you got glow coat on your kitchen linoleum, it wipes right up with a damp cloth. McGee, and you... huh? let Mr. Wilcox finish. <laughs> well, I was through, Molly. I just wanted to tell you about my great-great-great-grandmother. Poor old soul. Why, poor old soul? She was drowned, I understand. Oh, how terrible. Yes. Remember when Washington threw that dollar across the Potomac? Yeah. Well, Grandma tried to swim over and get it back. <laughs> <laughs> you going past the library, Junior? <laughs> no, I'm not, Fever. Sorry. And say, when you start looking up your family tree, be careful. Why, Mr. Wilcox? One of his ancestors might hit him on the head with a coconut. <laughs> well, I'll be seeing you. <laughs> Pretty silly. Why should any of my ancestors be up in a tree for the coconut? <laughs> oh. oh, so my ancestors were monkeys, were they? Well, they could be the way you managed to get yourself out on a limb all the time. <laughs> all right, all right. Scoff if you want to, but I'll show you. You wait till I come home. I'll bet I can trace the McGee's clear back to, to, to... Who do you think I ought to trace myself back to? Sir Galahad. Who's he? He was that fit knight who was out for man or beast, remember? <laughs> now get home as soon as you can, dearie I've got to go up and wax the woodwork in the upstairs hall Okay, I'll be back right away Now maybe I better be sure who I want to trace myself back to Let me see now Fibber McGee Direct descendant of Julius Caesar No, that's no good People wonder why I flunked in Latin How about Napoleon? <laughs> I don't want any guy who was dumb enough to try and lick Russia. <laughs> the king's men saying it ain't necessarily so. Come on, you brothers, get around, Parson Brown. The good folks say, come on, little children. That's so, that's so, that's so. I takes my text from page 24. Listen, 
you're chillin' gal around Parson Brown. The Lord said, David, Goliath is a villain. That's all, Lambo, Lambo, tell us more. Little David was small, but oh my. Ah, ah. Little David was small, but oh my. Ah, ah. He fought big Goliath, who lay down and died. Little David was small, but oh my. Take it, Deacon. Well, Sir Jonah, he lived in a whale. Is that possible? I said, Jonah, he lived in a whale, and that's gospel. Now he made his home in that fish's abdomen. Oh, Jonah, he lived in a whale. Oh, whale. To get into heaven, don't snap. For the seven live clean, don't you have no fault? Well, now, I takes a fable whenever I'm able, but uh, with a grain of salt. How's that, brother? Little Moses was found in a stream. Moses was found in a stream. Floated on water till old Pharaoh's daughter, she fished him, she says, from that stream. Well, how'd you go about it? How would any intelligent person go about it? That's beside the point. How did you go about it? Well, naturally, I was illogical. I wanted to look up my family tree, so I went and got all the reference books on trees. <laughs> hey, did you know the giant redwood sequoia giganticus is probably the only Never tree... Never mind that's... about those trees. What did you find out about your family tree? Nothing. That's the worst range library I was ever in. So what does I do? But I looks it up under family. And what that give you? Drew another blank. Gave me the Swiss family Robinson and how to raise a family on $18 a week. <laughs> Five little peppers and the Rover boys and parlor games for the family circle and all stuff like that there. Not a word about the McGee. Well, now, don't fret about it, dearie. No. There must be some other way to find out about it. Say, incidentally, I, I talked to the county clerk in Peoria long distance. You did? Yes, yes, I did. And I told him to wire information on your birth certificate and any uh, data he had about your family history. Oh, that's swell. That'll give me something to start on. Then when old Uppingham starts giving out of that phony baloney, I can tell her... Come in. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello there, Mr. Wimple. Hi, Wimp, old man. How's things? Oh, awfully quiet, Mr. McGee. <laughs> I haven't been doing much of anything. Well, say, uh, uh, what do you do in your spare time, Mr. Wimple? I enter contests. I send box tops in for things. Ever win anything? Once I did. What'd you win? Oh, a peachy big box to keep box tops in. <laughs> And of course, I write a lot of greeting card verses, too. Oh, and how are the greeting cards going, Wimp? Oh, just fine, Mr. McGee. 
I just finished one this morning. Well, how does it go? It goes... <clears throat> I know three Dorothys here in town. Dorothy Smith and Jones and Brown, who chanced in the USO to meet a handsome sailor from the fleet who won their hearts and won their hands, then sailed away to foreign lands. And when he comes back, I bet we'll see three dots in a dash for victory. <laughs> Sweet, Mr. Wimple. Oh, it's nothing really. <laughs> well, how sweetie face like it? Oh, she isn't quite well enough for me to read to her yet, Mr. McGee. <laughs> Well enough. Is she sick, Mr. Wimple? No, she was in a little accident. Oh. You see, we visited one of the camps where Sweetie Faces is teaching jujitsu to the Marines. <laughs> Did I say something funny? No. What happened? She tried to flip a ride on the front bumper of a tank. Go on. Those big tanks don't have any bumpers. That's what the man with the steam shovel told her when he dug her up. <laughs> Hey, that reminds me, Molly. While I was at the library... Oh, that's probably for you, McGee. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, Postal Union? Oh, telegram for me. Who from? County clerk in Peoria. Oh, my. Must be about my birth certificate. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I see. Hmm? Well, I'll be... Oh, hey, what was that last line again? Oh. <clears throat> okay, bud. Oh, thanks very much. What was it, dearie? That's the county clerk in Peoria about my birth certificate. He says... Oh, dear, who's that? Say, who hasn't been in yet? Latrivia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in there, Latrivia. <laughs> Good uh, day, Mrs. McGee. Hello, McGee. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Hi, Latriv. What's the matter, McGee? You look worn down a bit. He's been studying all afternoon, Mr. Mayor, trying to trace his genealogy. <laughs> Is that so? <laughs> Find out what you wanted to know, McGee, or did you find something you'd rather not have known? Oh, lay off, La Trivia. You're just like Uppington. A couple of crumbs off the upper crust sneering at the hoi polloi, you think. <laughs> now listen, McGee, the mayor never said a word. I was not sneering, McGee. I merely made Don't a remark. Don't kid me, La Trivia. I know what I'm being sneered at. I can take a hint. You know what they say, a wink's as good as a nod to a blind horse. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. How did it happen? How did what happen? About your horse. We haven't got a horse. We sold it. After it went blind? Was that quite ethical, McGee? After all, if you misrepresented... But Mr. Mayor, the horse wasn't blind. I see. Then it happened after you sold it. Well, the poor animal was... Don't come to the We don't know anything about a blind horse. Our horse could see perfectly well. Then you should have sold it to somebody who would take better care of it. You deliberately refused to take any responsibility. Sure, we refused to take any... I mean, we were responsible for the sale, yes. But the horse was not blind. At the time of the sale. Exactly. I mean, no. It never was blind. Now, look here, Latrivia. If you're trying... Never mind, never mind. Let it go. But, Mr. Mayor... Please, Mrs. McGee, I'd rather not discuss it any further. I came here to offer your husband a position with the city. In spite of his somewhat strange code of morality in the sale of livestock, I still offer him the situation. What's a job and what's a pay, La Trivia? <laughs> 
commissioner of streets, and it pays $6,000 a year. Oh. I see. Well, thanks anyway, Latrivia, but I can't take it. McGee, what's the matter with you? Oh, if it's because of that horse business, McGee, I was only joking. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the horse, Latrivia. I just can't take the job. But, McGee, 6000 a year, heavenly days. Say, I, I'll try and talk him into it, Mr. Mayor. The position must be filled immediately, Mrs. McGee. He must accept it or reject it now. Oh, I reject it, Latrivia. I can't take it. It wouldn't be right. Why not? Because I... Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm, I'm sorry, Latrivia. Oh, so am I, McGee. Good day. Good day, Mr. Mayor. McGee, what's the matter with you turning down 6000 a year? It's, why, it's ridiculous. No, it isn't ridiculous. It is ridiculous if you're the man they want. That's just it. I ain't a man. What? I'm not even a person. What are you talking about? That wire I got from the county clerk in Peoria about my birth certificate. Yeah? Well, I don't know who you're talking to right now, but it ain't me. <laughs> they got no records about me. I was never born. <laughs> on these programs, we've been talking about the uses of wax in the home. I'm sure many of you will be interested to know how Johnson's wax products are being used also by manufacturers to solve finishing problems brought on by the war. Industry has made phenomenal progress in adapting itself to war production. In this conversion with shortages of certain familiar materials, there has come a need for new protective wax coatings and finishes. Many of these have been developed and are being supplied by S.C. Johnson & Son. They include waxes which make textiles water-repellent and stain-resistant, now widely used for soldiers' uniforms and outdoor clothing, rust-inhibiting waxes for metal surfaces, also protective wax coatings and cleaners for aircraft surfaces, wax-fortified paints for Army, Navy, and Marine Corps equipment. So you can see that the use of wax as a protective finish for all kinds of materials and surfaces is becoming increasingly important. You know, Molly, I'll bet I could have traced the McGee's clear back to the days of King Arthur. I'll bet Sir Galahad maybe was one of my ancestors. Who? Sir Galahad. Was he a bad knight or a good knight? <laughs> a good knight. A good knight, all. <laughs> the characters of the old timer and Wallace Wimple on this program were played by Bill Thompson. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program reached you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. 
Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com.